Defining Connection Economy Radio. This is Tribe FM. So here we are again, series number, or part number four of our 12-part series of The Power of Free. Mr. Stephen Barnes, coverer of All Things Remarkable, a.k.a. The Purple Cow, in the last week's series. Here we are today, feeling your market. Hello, Mr. Black. It's a great pleasure to be chatting with you, as always, about my favorite subject, continuously provoked with amazing questions and <laughs> allowing me to provide... Uh, insights like no one's ever had the opportunity to experience before great to be on your show again sir excellent right let's let's go straight at it so you have at it all right so feeling your market is really kind of this idea that you know you've always done one thing one way in, as an industrial economy professional or an expert and you know that's sort of in a sense been built into your dna that that's how the world works but that was all model to the industrial economy way of operating. Mm. You know, now we're no longer in the industrial economy, we're in the connection economy. And the starting proposition in the in the connection economy is to is to absolutely consider what kind of problem a customer that you exist to serve has got. Mm-hmm. And then put you Put yourself in the shoes of that customer and say, right, okay, so I've got this problem. If I went onto the internet, exactly what kind of sort of, you know, experience would I hope to find on the internet that would allow me to solve this particular problem in this way? Mm. And then um, when you sort of, you know, discovered how that that problem can be solved, what exists in the way that you can sort of pay money to have your problem solved that kind of makes it totally like a a no-brainer irresistible for you to transact Mm. and then if you can do that complete thinking that line of thinking and go so you know out of your comfort zone in terms of what might come back that could represent you know the dna of a new business model if you go through that exercise you will feel your market and once you've felt the market in that fashion, you can, as I say, design a proposition that's designed to uh, uh, provide the most compelling proposition to the marketplace uh, that exists. And and it's only by going through the you know that exercise and viewing the service opportunity there through the prism of the customer rather than through the prism of the organisation as it's always been traditionally hmm. that you essentially you know get one up on 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 everyone else that's in the industrial economy way of, you know of operating and uh, and have the foundation to steal a march on them okay so i i want you to take me on a little bit of a journey all right and i'm going to put yeah. my i'm going to put myself in the shoes now that we are post covid and the world has changed if i had to say that i am a professional services provider be it an accountant an attorney or anybody who is traditionally worked for one company at a time now obviously if my circumstances have changed and i have unique and expert skills i'm used to only dealing with one person or one company one set of parameters how do i change my thinking to be able to consider that my skills are actually scalable and using the internet i can now 
go from having one audience to having many, many people who would take on my services? Well, it's a great question. I'll preface that by saying that you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? Mm. But, you know, assuming assuming that that's a given and those people that are not like that, that are prepared to um, adopt a new modality, they're, they're going to be driven by um, a sense of, well, not wanting to be left behind, really, needing to do something. Mm. So I think, I think that the main catalyst there is what access to information and right decision thing, right decision making have they got that will allow them to conclude that they're a very limited resource, which is kind of their time, effort, energy, energy on a particular strategy, that, that they're actually pursuing the right strategy because, you know, at a time when you don't, when you when you're having to change, you don't really know what you're doing. The last thing in the world you want is to be spending a lot of time doing the wrong thing. Mm. So more than anything, what you need to get to is a point where you realize that something like intelligent content marketing, and it's not only intelligent content marketing, I mean, there's, there's YouTube channel solutions that are a great way to monetize your expertise. There's, mm. you know, there's, there are, there are other models that you can go to Patreon, for example, there, there this is not a, um, uh, not, not a uniquely, sorry, intelligent content marketing isn't a unique solution for the audience that we exist to serve. They, mm. they, they, these good people do have other ways to do it, but they need to look at those other ways and look, weigh up the pros and cons. And things like Patreon and YouTube are de-risked because there's enough information that you can glean from those platforms that um, will allow you to make an informed decision as to whether you want to monetize your expertise through them. Um, intelligent content marketing is another way for them to consider, and, and it's a superior way for a whole number of reasons. Patreon and YouTube, for example, will not give you the ability to generate a monopoly at all. Mm. Uh, they'll allow you to they'll allow you to generate a thousand true fans and allow you to monetize your expertise through YouTube monetization strategies. Uh, and unless you're a really great video producer, I mean, with really good art, it's difficult to. Um, monetize your videos sort of you know in video uh, because of product placement and you know the sort of the sexy stuff that you need to do seamless sleep um, streamlessly slipping them into you know the educational material that you're putting out there mm. uh, and then also with youtube let's not forget the three strikes in your out policy and uh and then they have they have complete editorial control over your work and and so you, you never should build your house on rented land um sure. The amount of it, the amount of effort and energy that it takes to monetize your expertise using intelligent content marketing, um, is is just as well. It is far more valuable than those other those, those other platforms because you're you're on your own land and your, your empire is built on that, and you can create a monopoly out of it. So so to answer your question, the main thing is that people need to have the wherewithal to be able to make the right decision about uh, whether something like intelligent content marketing is where they should be uh, devoting their time, effort and energies to achieve the, um, the outcomes that it can, it can deliver. And, and here's one of the hard lessons, Jason, that actually, like everything in life, you have to play the long game. Mm. Now, the thing about intelligent content marketing is that we've We've shown how you can win by playing the long game, uh, but also being able to generate money very quickly from you know from the starting gate. Within 90 days, you should be able to 
uh, be monetizing your expertise through pay-to-play activities. Mm. Straightforward, simple enough. While you commit yourself to producing one piece of content for 500 days and giving yourself 50% monopoly within 18 months, that's kind of like the shortest time frame that you can expect to significantly differentiate yourself from you know all other uh, competitors on the web at that point, and you'll be 50% of your way to monopoly at, uh, by then. Um, and you'll have been generating revenues in any event uh, through your pay-to-play pay activities. So, um, you know, it's kind of like the mind shift of, become, of, of leaving mere professional expertise in a sheltered sort of cove of uh, predictable contract income or, you know, firm full-time fixed employment to leaving, leaving the comforts of those shores and, uh, and heading into, well, materializing your IP in a new and interesting way on, on, on the one hand, or at least your knowledge in an interesting way on the one hand, uh, and then learning, learning some new skills and the way of thinking about the world that will allow you to actually, in pretty pretty short time all told, you know, within three to five years, you'll, you'll be head and shoulders above everybody else and generating a million dollars a year. I mean, it depends on your niche. I shouldn't really say that that is a generalization. Uh, that's what we were doing at that time. And uh, there's only 50,000 people in our niche after all. Okay. So, you know, you, you spoke about time and how long these things take. If, if we use the example of another professional service provider, let, let's take a psychologist, for example. Now, a psychologist in general only has the ability to sell time. And in a traditional sense, that would be somebody visiting their consulting rooms and they would have eight hours a day. So by and large, they are limited to the income they can earn by the number of hours that they have available to sell. The Internet obviously provides the opportunity to change that in that you can have Skype calls, you can your, your audience is far bigger than the town that you live in now because the way that you can interact with people has changed. So you can create a scalable business. You are still in some ways, if you have a one-on-one -on -one session, limited to the time that you have, but you're not limited to the market that exists around you within a drivable distance. So that changes. If you, if you talk about a, a business and setting up all of the things that you need to make a connection economy business work, creating your platform, doing your content, uh, and, and really propagating the internet with all of this stuff. What would be a reasonable expectation of time that you would need to invest to get your business into a, into a, into a place where you don't actually have to build the structure of the business anymore. You're going only to, solving people's problems <laughs> it depends at it depends at what well there's a good there's a good underlying theory the, no theme to to that question mm. it it depends at what stage you feel that your mission is complete in terms of being satisfied with the level of revenues that your platform is delivering to you versus the amount of time you want to spend working and converting um, all of you know that platform activity into the stuff that you sell, and if your objective is to sell one-to-one -one consulting time, then by definition, you know your mission to to be successful it ain't that hard mm. because uh, you're only appealing to well, let's say you do 40, 40 clients a week, right? So that's 160 people, 20% uh, turnover rate people that you want, want to spend money with you maximum let's say maximum there's 400 you need 400 true fans right those people that will will, will pay you money because of you know the advice that you give 
So there's only 400 people. Let's double, let's say 800. So you produce a content platform that clearly attracts 800 people for you to be able to maximize your diary. And at that point, you can either decide to increase your fees and earn more money, or you decide to increase your fees and just work less as well so that you you know, perhaps might earn as much as you would if you were working full-time, but you've, uh, you've got more time off, you know. Mm. Uh, but it might well be that everything that you learn in building that early content platform, which gets you to that, tells you, hang, there's a market here, because you know that, you know those three kids that you went to university with, and, you know, they used to be in-house uh, industrial uh, economy psychologists, right, in a, for, for global for South African global fortune 200 firms or whatever how big big players you've got but you get my drift right uh -huh. so they're in house they're in house they're in house psychologists that that, that frankly these days they, they there's no work for them in these industrial economy enterprises so they're sitting around with you know twiddling their thumbs and well how can i how can i use their skills to be able to you know monetize it favorably in my way and give them reach to customers that they're not going to be able to get themselves because they haven't, you know, embarked down this intelligent content marketing journey of their own. So there are natural sort of scale opportunities there that present themselves organically if you're so minded to go down that path. Mm. So it really just depends on your niche and on where you actually feel the business can go, particularly as a slide log, um, naturally into logical adjacencies as they as those opportunities present themselves. Because mm. in many ways, the customer relationships that you build selling psychology services could very well be um, amenable to buying something else from you that's kind of related to psychology. Uh, and it's a natural sort of purchase that follows on from it, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It might be we can we can get away as something like that, you know, an extra sort of string to the psychologist bow. Um, but yeah, you've got an opportunity to to monetize your expertise or at least your platform, which is driven by you know you sharing your expertise for free in, in those you new know, and interesting ways. Just like we did with Hong Kong Visa Center when we did the deal and we started Zip.com, which is our professional services enterprise. Um, in the immigration business, a large part of our revenue is driven by entrepreneurs coming to Hong Kong and setting up businesses here, and they need immigration status to do that. And flowing out of the need for immigration status flows the need for corporate services because they've got to have companies that are compliant and tax efficient and all that kind of stuff to form part and parcel of their immigration application. Mm. So it took us it took us seven years to move into that particular niche. Um, and again, we were opportunistic because Will Probert, who I've known for 20 years, who's like the Hong Kong visa geezer of professional services in Hong Kong, we're going to give him a we're going to get him an idea virus. Uh, soon too as we build uh, build the zip.com business but um, yeah we we're opportunistic because will will came along and he's the perfect partner for us so you know we did a 50 50 deal and will runs a shell and we support him with his intelligent content marketing efforts and and um yeah it did 250 000 us dollars in its first 12 months of trading from a standing start of scratch and that just flew naturally out of um leads that were coming out of Hong Kong visa centers activities and you know the kind of business that Will's got having been in this space for Hong Kong in Hong Kong for the last 20 years or so. Mm. I, I'll, I'll tell you why I, I asked the question the way that I did because you know that um, my girlfriend is looking at creating a platform uh, with her experiences in her life and the psychology part of it was an important part of it um, and we were trying to find ways to bring value and monetize 
and also using everything and the and the concept of free. Um, and obviously, her sister is strangely enough an industrial psychologist. Um, and you know, the, the way that we're looking at doing is to make it scalable beyond the selling the hour um, business model is to actually have courses. And the way that we want to generate those courses is based, again, on your idea of answering the first 100 questions that people are generally going to ask and then creating courses around those specific ideas. Uh, another example that I want to give you is you know that I'm learning to DJ, so but not, not radio DJ, actually proper on, on decks, etc. And I bought a course from a guy in Sydney, and he traditionally does one-on-one -on -one teaching. But he created an online video session, um, which is about 16 or 17 hours, and it's absolutely brilliant. So what he's done, using ClickFunnels and building a really good website and having a good presence on the web, he has now surpassed the one-on-one -on -one business by the number of courses that he sells. And they will continue yeah. to sell and continue to sell. And he he's already done all of the work. All he does now is add new content to it, give the existing customers new value and say, I added something new to the course because you've been a member of the, of, of the, of the community. The content is always free from, for you and add your own if you want to and we'll also have a look at it. So really clever concept. Uh, again, using, yeah. using your principle of intelligent content marketing, he's got a YouTube channel, all right, and uh, he puts content on there for free. But the content is limited in that you get an idea of what he's doing. But the real secret source, the real deal of learning is actually in the course. And well, ha having, having bought the course, I can see the value in actually having handed my money over because one is just the introduction and the rest is really, really good. But he got me with a hook. That's for sure. Right, you know, so there's a classic example of, you know, once upon a time, somebody like this guy would have been lucky to get a job with, you know, some national touring DJ tuition, you know, course type things, you know, mobile DJ training, come the weekend, weekend crash course, something like that, you know, a group of 30, you get all that kind of stuff. Previously, that was probably, you know, how he would have been able to expect to get real income out of teaching how to be a DJ if that's how he did it, in fact. But what he's done is he's understood what it's like to be in your shoes as a wannabe, you know, DJer. Is that what, is that what you call DJ, <laughs> wannabe DJ? A DJ is fine. DJer might be taking a bit far. And he's reverse engineered the whole shooting match, right? So that uh, everything that you need to learn, he's delivering it for you. And he's, he's understood how he can gain your attention via YouTube and, 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 and allow you to understand that he knows what he's talking about and that the quality of his offering on YouTube is probably indicative of the quality of offering that you, you know, have to pay for when you go on his own website. Correct. Um, and, he's, and he's building a tribe out of it. Everyone, all those people that... Want to uh, want to be hip and cool and funky like you, and want to have all the new new disc spinning, uh, you know, jibes and and gigs or whatever they're called. He's going to make the sure one fifty year old to the other fifty year old. Where where else where where else do you want to hang out if you're sort of anywhere between the ages of thirteen and nineteen? <laughs> okay, so so the reason that I went through all of those examples is to say that there really isn't 
a business that cannot be transitioned from an industrial world into a connection world. Is that correct? Absolutely. You've just got to think about it through the prism of all these new capabilities. Just because something has been done the same way all of that time is just a function of the fact that it's evolved to it being done that way because that's what the connection economy was able to sort of vomit up right at the very end before it all fell over. So now what you have to do is say, well, goodness gracious me, the Internet's there and everybody's used to dealing on the Internet. So there's no, no surprises about dealing on the web anymore. Um, how can I harness this amazing tool to, you know, deliver value to people? I know I can deliver value to and uh, and, and, and allow, me, allow myself to progress. You just have to do the thinking. That's yep. the thing. And the, and the problem is, the problem is, Jason, that pre, firstly, you know, if you've been in the industrial economy all your career, the reality is you think that the connection economy is just the industrial economy with smartphones, right? Hmm. So, so if you thought about if you thought about the um, the way that the world works through the industrial economy prism, you've never really had the opportunity to imagine that there could be another way to do stuff. You've been on the receiving end of internet customer service experiences and you've drawn some kind of conclusions from those. And you may have, you know, dilly-dallied once with the idea that you might get in, want to make some money using the internet. And so you've had a look around to see kind of what's out there and what people are saying. And, and because it's all fragmented and you don't know what to trust, you're never really able to come away with, or you have never really been able to come away with a, a, a strong, firm sense of conviction that you could take what you've already got and then just layer on top of what you've already got a new set of skills and, the way, and an understanding of the way that the world works. Mm. And then, uh, and then go on to create something new, interesting, and remarkable. The, people haven't had the opportunity to think about what they do through that prism before. Now they have to, for the most part. And uh, um, and uh, it, it's a whole new world ahead. But I, I have a lot of confidence. I think that people will um, will understand what the internet's all about. They'll have to understand what the internet's all about. They'll have to appreciate that they need to engage with this stuff in a way that they never imagined they'd ever need to before. Um, and that you know, human human ingenuity will will see those that are capable of making the transition make the transition accordingly, as long as they've got access to know how to be to know how to do it and what they should be trusting. You know, when they're making decisions on which way, on which path to follow. If we had to if we had to level the play the playing field and say right, let's consider that all expert know how service professionals are the same. Be they a lawyer, an accountant, a psychologist, etc., and they they currently operate in the industrial economy. What is the first step they need to take to transition their mindset to the connection economy? Well, first of they need to get to ha ha. Okay. And getting get, get me getting there in to three ha -ha. minutes. Okay, getting getting to ha ha is understanding that the world has changed, that the change that the world uh, has has experienced was inevitable. It just happens that COVID was the catalyst. That uh, as you can see, as you look around, the economic uh, conditions that used to prevail that has coloured and characterised your life until this far are no longer at play. And that the uh, way for you to make sense of a way forward is to embrace the new ways of harnessing the power of this thing called the connection economy. So you need to look for ways that you can emulate and copy because, you know, the Internet is the world's biggest copying machine. Mm. 
And so once you have um, once you've understood that there is a way forward, you then internally need to get to you know grips with this idea that whilst on the one hand you will have this expertise and you've proven to be able to deliver value in amazing ways you know for the last whatever number of decades you've been doing um those skills alone are no longer enough because you're going to be uh flapping in the wind trying to make a living out of them so now you have to acquire all these new skills that are simple to acquire that will give you all the things that you need to be able to marry the opportunities available with the connection economy to your tried and tested expertise that still exists out there in the world. It's, your market's much bigger. Mm. It's just that instead of serving one customer, you know, you're now servicing, you know, serving the whole world through uh, what you can offer them. Now, for our next segment, what are we going to cover, good sir? Natural SEO. Okay. Natural SEO. What's this real? What this is really all about is novices to the internet get so confounded by this whole idea that um, it's so technically challenging and, and bewildering that they're never going to get their head around any of this stuff. So it's completely beyond them. And, and that Natural worries SEO me. Puts all of that. That that, mm-hmm. that really worries me because if you look at somebody of our generation who is now transitioning, even in their own personal space about you know am i am i going to have a job at the end of this etc etc and then you're faced with this huge big thing called the internet and everybody that's been making money out of it no we need to build your website we need to do this we need to optimize your website you need to pay for this it's terrifying um but uh, but it brings me back to to a question um, that that I wanted to ask you earlier. You know, you brought you brought up um, industrial psychologists, but I, w- I want to ask you a question on an, on a, on another subject. With the world having changed and all of these big companies moving towards a work from home platform, what happens to all of the parts of a business that used to thrive on the community of big workspaces like HR? Does HR become almost uh, not needed anymore because everybody's working from home, with the exception of payroll, etc., and holidays? No, I mean there's there's the administrative function which still needs to prevail, but these days, that, for the most part, that's technological anyway. So mm. there's no thing there. No, it just means that HR and organisations themselves that they need to re-engineer what they understand to be, um, you know, what their organisations are actually made of. Ultimately, organizations are made of human capital. Any industrial economy business would would understand that. But the way that they organize that human capital and manage that human capital inside the organization anticipated that you were, you know, reporting to your Dilbert style, you know, work booth every day. Mm. If that's all gone because you're now working from home, there's a whole new array of challenges that you need to consider. You know, it used to be that you were judging work performance strictly for the most part by you pitching up at nine in the morning and leaving the six in the evening, right? Sure. And if you're really hard work, you'd be there till nine at night. And it was self-evident that you were made of the right stuff, right? Mm, but how can you do that now when people are working from home? So it, na- it naturally forces companies to set objectives that are designed around, uh, you know, uh, corporate uh, corporate or, or organizational outcomes and, mm. and, and, and the value that they're responsible for delivering, making sure that they are delivering it. Mm. And that raises a whole new set of, you know, questions about how these organizations are going to end, how they're going to evolve and what they're going to end up looking like. And, and they will they will all change in the same way as, you know, we're seeing vast swathes of New York property um, becoming, you know, more and more redundant. 
these people all know long to go into those little boxes every day. They can deliver their value, you know, from other places. And uh, so we'll see cities empty out. We'll see core workspaces probably becoming um, more of a, uh, a sort of a, a water cooler type, you yeah. know, facility where people can sort of hang out and get together and whatever from an organization. And all of that just, you know, presupposes new ways of doing things and new ways of looking at things and new ways of, you know, managing things. And mm. and it, it essentially they'll all, they'll all evolve to befit the reality in the connection economy that work from home is the obvious thing to do. Well, we've been doing it for 10 years. Well, I've been doing it for 20 years, actually. Yeah. But um, but our organization from day one has always been a work from home organization. We don't have any fixed working hours. Everyone's, you know, judged by the value that they deliver and the, you know, the, the respect that they accord from their colleagues because of the way that they acquit themselves in the team and, you know, work together to achieve, you know, common, common objectives. And, you know, it's this kind of stuff that, mm. that demarcates the industrial economy organization from the connection economy organization and these industrial economy organizations are going to have to do some quick evolving and of course, there's going to be a lot of spin out of that. There's, you know, going to be zero based, uh, re, re, zero rebasing. And what that means is that a lot of these companies, they're, they're going to say, right, okay, we don't know what we've got left over of our, of our core business, but we've got something here. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to look to see what the minimum amount of, of, uh, of expenditure it is that we need to um, expend to go about and, you know, delivering the value that we've always delivered. And, and what, what efficiencies can we bring to the party? And that naturally lends itself to you know, not having the, that third human resources assistant, yeah, or that uh, that that second uh, that second architect on that project, or you know those kind of scenarios where you know white collar workers are going to be losing their jobs. In fact, they are. I've been looking at some data in the last seven days, actually, that's coming out of the U.S. that shows that white collar workers are are, are being hit just as hard as uh, some of the lower. Uh, so the blue collar workers or sort of, sort of lower bracket service workers. Interestingly, those um, it seems that uh, a lot of those lower bracket service workers, those jobs are coming back. But yeah. the white collar workers, our expert know-how service professionals, they're going to be left sucking the iron teeth and intelligent content marketing is, is ideal for them because it costs them nothing, right? Good, sir. I look forward to catching up to you or up with you rather for our next segment. 